And it was kind of the same for him. It was no nonsense. We weren't, we didn't want to BS each other with, with anything that we were talking about. We were very real with each other and upfront. It was tough, tough to see her, see her at her most vulnerable and not being able to do anything to help her. Take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple, Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Check us out online at couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couples Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experiences working with thousands of couples for over 15 years. You know, every day we get to hear intimate details about a couple's celebrations, disappointments, and everyday challenges. We've often wished these stories were shared because we know we are more similar than different. And so we've created not only an avenue where you can hear about people's intimate lives, but an atmosphere where people come over to our home pub, pour a drink, and share their stories. People like today's guests. Joe and Rosalinda, thank you for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having us. It's really awesome to see you guys. We haven't seen you in a very long time. I think uh, yep. we were talking off the air there. It's been nine, nine years, years or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And you guys are coming to us r- remotely from California. Yep. And you guys are like in the Southern Cal area or where's that? We're in, we're in Northern California. So we're in the Sacramento region. Oh, okay. Okay, great. Great. And the weather out there is hot, hot today. <laughs> Well, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves? How old are you? What do you do for a living? And how long have you been together? Okay. Um, Well, we've been together for a total of 16 years, married for almost 14. It'll be 14 in September. Um, And I am 44. (laughs) I keep forgetting. Um, I'm actually an independent contractor. I do part-time design work for design and marketing um, agency in the Sacramento area. I do front-end web design. And I also do the marketing and content, well, content marketing and website and social media and event planning for our, our business, uh, the Ogre's Den Gaming. And I'll let Joe talk here. I'm 41, going on 42 soon. Running this for two years now. It's a tabletop yeah. gaming store. Ogre's Den. The Ogre's Den Gaming. Um, Tabletop miniature games, board games, role-playing games, paints. People call them toys, models, whatever. Okay. And do you guys have a a website for those that might be interested? We do. It's theogresdengaming.com. Okay. Great. And we're also on social media. Uh, You can use at Ogre's Den Gaming. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Awesome. So all you out there, if you're interested, check them out. Can you guys tell us a story of how you met? Oh, boy. Go ahead. (laughs) Uh, I was living in Los Angeles with some family. And I was just starting out really actually as a massage therapist. Didn't really know where I was going to end up because I I knew that I wasn't going to be in Los Angeles on a permanent basis. And then 
one day, this was back before smartphones. <laughs> um, so you didn't, you didn't have the ability to just text somebody. It was back then you were just uh, either calling someone or it was on the flip phone, old flip phones. Um, and there would be, you know, chat rooms and things like that. One day I wandered into one and he was in there too. Um, and we just started chatting. So it, it was just verbal. You, you hadn't seen each other. No, no. It was just all, you know, hi, how are you? And then we... Six months afterwards, when I came out to California. Yeah. Where did you live at the time, Joe? I was living in Florida. And then when I went out to visit her, I actually moved back up to Illinois. So you go to visit and how did that go? Um, <laughs> he Well, he flew out to Los Angeles to, to see me. And it, I mean... We had talked on the phone before then, and of course, this is before video chat or anything, so you don't really know what the person looks like, except I think we did exchange pictures so we could at least identify each other, and then met up in, in L.A., and uh, he was here. He was, you came out for about four or five days, I think. It was fine. It was like, it wasn't uncomfortable and I think it was because we had talked so much before then and I, I was kind of at that point where I just didn't want to have a it wasn't about having a fling it wasn't about just some random dating it was like I I was okay with finding someone that I wanted to you know have a serious relationship with and it was kind of the same for him it was no nonsense we weren't we didn't want to BS each other with with anything that we were talking about. We were very real with each other and upfront about <laughs> things. So when we did meet in person, it was like, okay, you're exactly the person <laughs> that I've been talking to and uh, your personality is what I was expecting. And um, so it wasn't like a surprise or it wasn't anything weird. It was like, yeah, we've been talking for a while and this is, this is com perfectly comfortable. When was the first time that you actually saw each other? It was that, that meeting when he, he came to visit us at the airport. Six months after. When I saw him at the airport, that was the first time that we saw each other. Do you think that there's an advantage to that, to not starting a relationship? You know, a lot of couples start with the physical part first, but you guys had to start with more intellectual and emotional stuff. I think there is because... Um, I had been in a long-term relationship where it was kind of the other way around. And um, at first I wasn't interested in that person. And then it just, it, I kind of, okay, fine. I kind of gave in and it, it was a long-term relationship, but I almost feel like I really didn't know him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, whereas when you actually are forced to talk to somebody, you can't, there, there's no way around that. You are talking and you are getting information and you're sharing information. Um, so I think, yeah, it is. there is an advantage to just getting to know someone purely without having that sort of contact. And I know some people are, they, they find that very bizarre. Um, and I get that. Mm -hmm. But I kind of feel like there's a certain quality that you get out of a relationship when you are able to do that as opposed to just, ooh, I see that person, they're attractive, and I want to go and be with them now. So, Was that your experience also, Joe? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had actually just gotten out of a, a long-term, yeah, it was, I would say it was a long-term relationship. It was my first marriage. Things were actually started off with that one. It's just being a physical relationship, and as time went on, 
we were beginning to figure each other out more and more and realizing that things just weren't what we thought they would have been. So what happens after your first meeting? How long was that? And then what happens from there? He was, he was here for or about four or five days. It was about four or five days. And then, and actually consequently, when he was out here, we were, I was in LA, but my family, my immediate family lives up in the Bay area. So we'd go up to the Bay area and he met my family the same week that I met him in person for the first time. Wow. That's pretty quick. (laughs) And then, um, a few months later, I flew out to Chicago and I met his family. We did that. And then he ended up going into, he was going into the army. You you had already enlisted. You you knew that you were shipping out. Is that? Yeah. And did you know that, Rosalinda? Did you? Yeah. I don't remember. I think he had mentioned it and I didn't, it wasn't something that, it, it wasn't a factor, I, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it was. I, of course, didn't know where he was going to end up. I didn't know where we were going to end up, if it was going to turn into anything really seriously long-term, but um, it felt like that was the way it was going, so I I was okay with that. How did your families uh, respond, or what was the... <laughs> this is going to be good. Yeah. I mean, uh, obviously, you show up you know, with this person that you just met. Right. <laughs> what was the reaction? Across the country. Cordial. mechanical Um, yeah i mean of course you're they're gonna be a little bit cautious and wary of this complete stranger this um potential serial killer right (laughs) but and at the time it was for my family especially it was a little difficult because we had just lost my mom that summer so it was very soon after that so there are a lot of emotions a lot of um, things going on just within the family, just from that, just coming off of that. And so it was a little bit tough because what am I, how am I supposed to convince them that he's, you know, not crazy or not, <laughs> you know, how, I, cause I, I had only known him for so long too and, and had only met him just then. So were you um, concerned also or just that? your family? Did you also have concerns about him or just your family? I, I, that's the thing is I, I didn't mm-hmm. because we had talked and just, I mean, I can tell when someone's lying as far as like not just the energy that they give off they're or genuine. Mm-hmm. what they say. And he wasn't doing that. That's why I felt comfortable with it. And I, it was hard for me to convey that to, to my family mm-hmm. that he's, he's not terrible. <laughs> Joe, not were you concerned that she was a, Serial killer, <laughs> and just for the record, <laughs> neither one of you are serial killers, as far as that we know, we know of. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I wasn't too concerned about it. It was, I don't know, I, when I met her, when I first finally met her in person, it was kind of a relief that she wasn't. But no, that's. What did you first think when you saw her? Thank God, it's a person in a picture. Oh yeah. It could have been like a catfish or something, right? Yeah, exactly. It could have been anybody. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that word existed back then. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it about the other person that you fell in love with? Honesty. Being able to just say, be truthful um, and candid. And if I asked a question, he answered it. Well, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> um, her uh, charming disposition. <laughs> <laughs> She's such a sweetheart. 
at times. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't too much that I didn't fall in love with about her and that I still, to this day, will say that I love about her. Even when she gets upset and angry, it's still <laughs> something that I can sit there and smile and say, yep, that's exactly why I love you. <laughs> Aww. Mm-hmm. So you joined the Army, and are you guys still separate at this point? Yeah, I'm, I was still living in L.A., um, and when he went off, he went to basic training in Missouri. Uh, it, this, this was still, this was, a, again, a time before smartphones, so you couldn't just send a picture or you couldn't just text something, or even then he wouldn't have had his phone. Um, so we did a lot of letter writing. Yeah. Wow. And we still have those letters. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Old-fashioned yeah. snail mail. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And I remember when he was in basic, I would send him a letter almost every every day, every, every day if not every other day. Yeah. Wow. And you were still in California at that time? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So then uh, what? F- how long basic training and then uh, how long afterwards did you guys see each other? Well, we, right after graduation from basic, uh, she came down with my parents. And then that was the last time until May or June when he came out to Arizona. Yeah, he went to his um, advanced training yeah. in Arizona. Arizona. So the whole time that he was there, I would, would actually fly out on you know certain weekends to go see him. And whenever he would be able to get away from the base, then... We'd go and, well, there wasn't, wasn't much to do in that little town, but, yeah, go, you know, go to the movies, go get something to eat. Well, we did. Whatever. We also did go to places like Tombstone. And- oh, right. Yeah. Because this was in, uh, in the southern part of Arizona. So I've been to Tombstone. That's fun. Yeah. What's interesting is you guys meet through what back then was modern technology. But right. And you had like this old school romance. Yes. With letter writing. Yep. And that's cool. Yep. So then what happens after that? On one occasion, when I went out to see him in Arizona, it was actually my birthday. Yes, it was my birthday. And he proposed. Oh, let's hear that story. (laughs) So wait, so how long um, into the relationship is this now? This is now seven months. Seven months. Okay. So seven months into the relationship, Joe, you decide I'm going to uh, propose to this one. Yes. Okay. <laughs> How did you come to that decision? Um, it was a feeling. It was uh, if she was willing to put up with what's going on right now, there's not much she wouldn't be able to handle. And yeah. Just a constant long term of traveling back and forth and not being able to see each other all the time. The dedication. Did you ask her father? <laughs> no, that kind of caused a little bit of a rift. In, in all honesty, there really wasn't much of a relationship between me and her father. Her father wasn't 100% keen on me. Is there a particular reason why? Oh, uh, because, well, with my family, it was because they just didn't know him. And they're, they're a little bit more, I, I don't want to say super traditional, but traditional in the sense that, you know, you meet a guy, the family needs to get to know him and be around him and know, know who he is and know about him more over time and then maybe get married. Um, and with me, it was not that way. And 
Um, unfortunately, or, or I shouldn't say unfortunately, that's just how I've been. I've never done anything really terribly conventional since college. <laughs> was was I mean, ethnicity an issue at all? Was that? Oh, um, what no, ethnicities are you guys? Because they can't so. see you. What's that? What ethnicities are you guys? Because they can't see you. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm Filipino. And I'm white. <laughs> <laughs> and 100% Filipino? Yes. Okay. So in our family, though, it wasn't that big of a deal because the, the guy that I had dated long term in college, he was he was also white and um, and everybody thought that we were going to get married. Mm-hmm. And that was because we had the traditional college sweetheart sort of relationship. Um, he, he would come over for holidays and things like that. Everybody knew him. And that was kind of the way that, quote unquote, it's supposed to be. And when I brought Joe into my life, it wasn't like that. And so we did have a bit of a struggle. Did your family have any concerns, Joe? I think their main concern probably was that because uh, previously being married and everything, they didn't want to see me fall into the same trap again. Mm -hmm. But after seeing everything I went through before and recognizing any signs, I knew what to look for. So it wasn't something that was just going to just going to happen and what was it that you were looking for then um just sincerity somebody who's not going to be like my ex (laughs) (laughs) says it all she wasn't the most um honest person when it came to our relationship and when it came to just being a a decent human being and sometimes it brought out the worst in me so someone that you know you could trust you know, honesty yeah. in the relationship. Yeah. Somebody who I wasn't competing with either. Oh, mm. okay. Yeah. That's a yellow flag. That's yeah, a, that's that is a, a yellow flag. So did you buy a ring before you asked her? Yes. <laughs> so I forgot how I even found out your ring size. I, I had to be nonchalant about it. and I, Maybe one of the rings that I would, was oh, wearing. Oh, that's what it was. No, it was one of the rings you gave me. Oh. I yeah. gave you a ring. Uh-huh. I don't remember that. Yes. <laughs> and I ended up taking it to um, local jewelry store and having them size it and then picking a ring out and then having it sized to that. So how'd you ask her? Oh, <laughs> so we were on base. Yeah. So romantic. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Weren't we cooking out? No, actually, I came to see you because you kind of got got in trouble you weren't supposed to oh, yeah. <laughs> to be gone for a certain amount of time, but he thought he had the okay, and it ended up he didn't have the okay, so he wasn't able to leave base anymore for the rest of the time that I, I was visiting him. So I ended up going to, to base, and we were able to just meet at these uh, picnic tables. It's basically a cookout area. Yeah. So we just, we stood there, we sat there and just talked. It was the only way that I could visit him. And then that's when he brought the ring out. <laughs> so why was that the moment, Joe? I don't know. I, honestly, I don't know why. It just felt like it was. So what were you thinking? So you had the ring. How long did you have the ring before you asked her? About a month or so. Ooh. Had you seen her at other times before that? Yes. So did you just carry it on you the <laughs> no, month? No, it was, <laughs> it was actually uh, in, in a um, in my uh, in the barracks in my actual uh, closet. Okay, so that day you 
pulled it out of the closet and you said, you know, this is the day. <laughs> yes. Even after uh, sergeants and everybody said, don't do it. Right. Oh. <laughs> Which made me do it more. <laughs> so you're sitting no. at the picnic table and what happens? <laughs> we were eating. No, no, we were eating. food. Nope, nope. I didn't bring anything. We were just talking because I didn't know how long I was going to be able to. Oh, yeah. He just, he pulled this ring box, this little box. And I knew that it was jewelry of some sort. I didn't want to assume that it was a ring, but I had a feeling it was probably a ring. Um, and and he just he had it out in front of me, and I just looked at it, and I just looked at him, and I said, you know, kind of not stupidly, but just sort of like, what's this? <laughs> and he said, well, what do you think? <laughs> Open it, fool. <laughs> and um, opened it, and I don't even know if you actually asked the words or if what you huh. said so long ago i think it was just an assumption <laughs> here's here's the ring it's yours now do you want it yeah i'll take it okay cool <laughs> kind of thing we're very unconventional <laughs> there's absolutely nothing i wouldn't say normal about us as far as our relationship goes but everything we've done thus far has been not, against the grain not your typical you know, way of doing things, I guess. And how long were you guys engaged? Uh, a year. A year and a half. A year and a half. Because we got married the following year in the fall, and that was in the spring. So it was about a year and a half. And did you guys live together? We we did. What ended up happening was he um, he left the Army. He was medically discharged. Medically just discharged. Um, and then he went back to Illinois. And at that point, I was kind of just done with, with being in LA, I felt like there wasn't much more that I could be doing. So I just decided to move, pick up and move to Chicago. And not long after that is when we just moved in together. And that was six months before we got married. So you guys were engaged without a plan to get married. Like you didn't set a date and right. No. Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. So once you moved to Chicago, then you guys started planning a wedding. Um, we, yeah, we kind of decided, you know, a fall wedding and because it was less than a year away, we, we kind of, it was interesting in that we had to figure out where we wanted to have the wedding because my family's all back in California, spread out throughout California. Um, and his family's all in Chicago. So we figured, well, how about just, you know, someplace in the middle somewhere (laughs) (laughs) so that, you know, both families would have to travel so at some Vegas, point. Which wasn't so, the middle. So we picked Vegas. Um, <laughs> again, unconventional. We didn't want to do the whole church thing because neither of us was super religious, even though my family, you know, I grew up in the Catholic church, but I had not practiced Catholicism in years at that point. And I didn't want to have a church wedding. And I didn't want to do just the whole courthouse thing either. Um <laughs> So we started looking at, well, what, what, what tasteful type of wedding could we have in Elvis. Vegas? I, I was going to ask. You didn't have Elvis, <laughs> no. did you? No, no, we didn't. We, didn't. we, we actually, actually had a guy that looked like Bing Rames. Yeah, our, uh, <laughs> the, the, the guy that, that did marry us was a little bit, he was about as, as Vegas. He was, he was the most Vegasy part of our, our wedding, I mm. guess you could say. But we did have it. No, we had a really pretty gazebo wedding at the Flamingo Hotel um, about... 40 guests 
all together, right. just family, close friends, and that was that. Did, did you get any pushback from family about having your wedding in Vegas or not no. having it in a church or anything like that? No. no. I think for everyone, I mean, everyone kind of, at least my family, and when I say my family, I mostly mean my sister, um, my older sister. She was, she was people. She was actually excited about it. So. It's Vegas. Yeah, Vegas, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think everybody was actually kind of happy that it wasn't going to be in a church. That it was just me more. It was going to be out in the open, and it was going to be in a place where everybody can actually just go and have fun. That's great. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So after getting married in Vegas, then you guys. Settle back in Chicago. Yeah. Yep. And uh, what was? Do you did you have a plan at that point? We haven't had a plan since We've day one. We've never had a plan. <laughs> it's never been about a plan. No, I, I stopped. <laughs> I honestly stopped making plans just because something inevitably goes wrong. And sure, you can make contingency plans for all that, but you spend all your time planning instead of doing. I'd rather do than plan. The the interesting thing, and I think this is probably what makes us work, is that we're very, we're not opposites. We're we're opposites in certain ways, but we're very much alike. Um, And one of the ways that we're very much alike is that we just sort of do. But you will plan, (laughs) though. I mean, I'll plan to a point, but you know how that goes sometimes. It just doesn't always work out. And so, we, you know, it's about... What are we doing right now? What is it that you want to do? What is it that I want to do? Is that going to jive? Okay, cool. Let's do that um, kind of thing. And so, you know, we didn't you know, we didn't know if we were going to be living in Chicago long term. We didn't know what jobs we might have. We just kind of worked it out as as things happened. What yeah, were some that, of the challenges of that? Probably the most challenging thing is instability, I guess. Not really knowing, you know, a lot of people, they, my peers, especially that they've, that I've known since college or even before then, they've known what they wanted to do in their life or they've lived in one area their entire lives. And it's because their family's there and their friends are there and they do the same thing their entire life, having the same type of job, working for different companies, but still doing the same thing. And that was never me. Um, I have, I, I am, I cannot be contained in one box and it's taken me a long time to even be okay with that. And even now I still deal with that. He's very much the same way. And so for us to have that sort of, I'm over here now, I'm over here now, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. It's, it's great because we're getting to do all these different things, but at the same time, who knows where we're going to be in a year (laughs) kind of thing. Well, I I guess that would be you know, really helpful to have a partner that's like that also, because I mean, if you were like that and wanting to try new things, but your partner was a lot more kind of consistent and wanting to be conservative, that would cause a lot of strain in the relationship. And the fact that you guys are kind of both flexible in that way, it allows you to be kind of like tumbleweeds, right? And kind of move from place to place and do different things, be jacks of all trade. (laughs) <laughs> it, it's it's nice sometimes but there's also that there's those moments where it's like i've moved around a lot rosie's moved around quite a bit and it's one of those things where it's now okay we just want to find that place that we can call home that place where it's just like okay it's we're done we're done this is what we're gonna do 
and we're we're just going to work as hard as we possibly can to make whatever it is we're doing successful. I think that's kind of where we are now. We just yeah. started that part of our journey together. Um, cause yeah, we were tumbleweeds before, yeah. but, but we, it was almost like tag team tumbleweeds Yeah, because one of us would always have something stable Yeah, while the other kind of played mm-hmm. and then we'd like switch off. And now I think we're both kind of just, you know, our, the, the tumbleweeds have found their town. Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> rolled into a corner and stayed. Yeah. <laughs> you found what you wanted to be when you grew up. Well, I wouldn't go that I far. I would say it's growing up. <laughs> you got older. So you guys um, are both entrepreneurs. Yes. Multiple times over, right? Yes. This business isn't your first business. Um, how do you guys manage like finances and the fluctuations of all those kind of things of being an entrepreneur? It's tough. It's very, very difficult um, just because you don't know. Um, you really don't know what your next paycheck is going to look like. None of it's really guaranteed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and while there is a lot of uh, flexibility and um, freedom in it, it's also there's also a lot of uncertainty. And so I get the whole um, have a career, do your job, um, and then retire. Um, but again, that was I, – I just – I have a hard time being contained in that sort of thing. And so being able to do what I want to do and having the flexibility to do it is great, but there is that – thing where you don't know what might happen. How did that impact your guys' relationship? It's been a little bit, I wouldn't say our relationship's been bumpy, it's just we both felt the pressure and the stress. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we've done our best not to take it out on each other and cause any of any, any type of rift that will destroy what we've done so far. And so has, has conflict uh, evolved over time? No. And how you guys handle conflict together? I remember the last time we've actually fought. I think we we may have had like one or two. But even then, it wasn't detrimental. It wasn't we're able to work through whatever things we were going through. And we still do. I mean, I'll go through my periods where I I might not feel like talking about something or I'll hold it in. He does the same thing. But then eventually we let it out and then we work through that. Um, so that that's the pattern of how you guys communicate and talk about things you, you kind of have to process it first yeah. yeah for yourself and then you get to a point that you're able to then talk about it together right mm-hmm. yeah um, and, and at one point we actually did um we did go into uh, couples counseling mm-hmm. well, it, well it was me initially because i, I would, there were issues just still still dealing with my my mom's death years after things that came out from that um, then it ended up being better that he came to those sessions with me. Um, and then we were able to, to talk about certain things and, um, bits of our relationship that my dealing with my mom's death would spill into to things between me and him. So, and that really helped and that brought us closer as well. What was that time like for you, Joe? It was, it was tough, tough to see her. Sierra that are most vulnerable and not being able to do anything to help her. Yeah. So, uh, were you able to kind of learn how to be there for her through yeah. uh, the counseling? Yeah, it was pretty much, I mean, it was more of just not saying anything and just letting her go through what she was going through and listening to her. Mm-hmm. 
It's amazing how much of an impact that is. You know, you, you think that you can help someone magically or fix it and you can't. And just by listening, it starts that emotional first aid type of process that helps the person heal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Most uh, couples that come and uh, see us or start seeing us, uh, typically it is the woman who is driving that, right? But through the process, you know, a lot of the guys, they kind of learn um, how to approach their wife in a different way, right? Because you only know what you know, right? Yeah. So if you're taught new skills and new approaches on how to communicate, it, it just it opens up the door for a lot more closeness. Right. So it sounds like you were able to find that. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, the biggest thing that we learned was um, what is it that I need when I, what is it that I, I guess, how, how is it e- the easiest way for me to um, talk about something that's bugging me and, and why I do the things that I do? I won't initially come out and say something. It takes me a while. I literally, I, it, I have to be in my head for a bit and think about it. And he's the type of person that just, just tell me now, just what is going on. And it's, and for a long time, we didn't understand that sort of dynamic. Like he couldn't understand why I couldn't just tell him. And I couldn't understand why he couldn't just wait <laughs> for me to be ready to, to say something. Um, and finally, that's one of the things that we learned when we did, um, bring it up in, in the, one of our sessions. Um, when Once that came out in the clear, it was like, oh, okay, this is how we do it now. And and how long into your marriage was, you know, was this? That was actually maybe four years, four or five years ago. So, so about 10 years in. Yeah, something like that. What was, it, what was it like for you, Joe? What were you feeling when she wouldn't be able to just tell you? Frustration. Was it scary? Yeah, it was because you don't know what's going on in her head. I mean, unfortunately, I'm not a mind reader and wish I was. <laughs> um, it's one of those things where it's helplessness. It brings out fears that play out in your head that you start second guessing yourself sometimes. Is it me? Did I do something to make her upset? What's going on? So it's it, it, it brings out insecurities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So after going through the counseling process, is that something that you would recommend, Joe? For, yes. Oh, okay, great. Yes. yes. It's, it's always if interesting. If you haven't, try it. <laughs> <laughs> like there's such a relief, especially for men that feel that powerlessness, like I don't know what to do for her. And then when they learn what to do, which is a lot less than they thought they would have to do, it, they just feel so much better and confident in the relationship. Yeah, nothing's better than hearing that you don't have to do a dang thing. <laughs> you just sit there and have a glazed look on your face and pretend you're listening. <laughs> well, you're not supposed to admit that. Oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> so how did you guys deal with the topic of children? Oh, okay. Well, that one was, a, that's an interesting That one. was an up and down thing for a while. We wanted kids when we first got married we wanted children, and it ended up, everybody would always ask us, when are you guys having children? When are you having children? And it was almost like this expectation that was being placed on us that we had to have kids, and we wanted them, but we also knew that at that time that we weren't mentally set for it. We weren't prepared. Then everybody always says, well, you're never prepared to be a parent. Well, yeah, but there's also that 
time when it's just we know we're not right at this moment to have children and then as time went on i mean we still thought we still talked about it and then we basically grew to the point where it was just like no it's just not us right now were you not prepared because you guys were just you know kind of changing yeah tumbleweeds okay (laughs) yep and it wasn't something that you want to bring a kid into because then it's because if you're constantly doing different things and there's no stability, the child is going to see this as it grows. And kids kind of need that foundation, that stability to be able to grow into a functioning adult. I think we were just, we were invo- we were absorbed in things that we were doing. Um, and, and the thought of having another life that you're responsible for in the mix it just it didn't mix and so um you know we want it that we would rather have it that way than be than just pop out a kid because everyone was expecting us to have a kid and then have it be even harder for us to to try and make a living or or do what we're trying to do when we the first half of our marriage we we're still trying to figure out what we wanted to what do. we wanted to do and then as time went on, it, it grew to the point where we did, we literally did. We just kind of looked at each other one day and we're like, do you want to have kids? I don't think so. Do you? Not, not, not really. Okay, cool. We're, so we're on so the there was day. a point where you consciously said, yeah, that yeah. door's closed. We're, we're kind of selfish with our time. We want the time for us to be able to spend time with each other uninterrupted because we know that half the time when we're doing other things, we're like, I'm gone upwards of 12 hours a day at the store and I'll see Rosie in passing sometimes at night or she'll stop by the store for a little while. But if we had a child, obviously we wouldn't be able to do what we're doing now. And things would probably be look different as far as the actual outcome of what we're doing. So we wouldn't have been, we wouldn't have been able to open a store. We wouldn't be able to, go and do the things we've done traveling around a little bit and um, moving from the Midwest to the West coast. So you guys are both feel good about your decisions. Yeah. 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 Especially when we walk past neighbors and we hear the babies crying. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> no. So yeah. did you get any um, feedback then from family when you finally made that decision? We've never actually confirmed it with family. Cause they, I think at a point, they came. They got to a point where they just stopped asking yeah. about about it, and um, I think now, especially at the ages that we're at, they they I think they probably just assume that we're not, or if we do, we might adopt. Yeah, um, we talked about that also. Yeah, it's not that's not completely out of the question, but I mean, as far as having a family, yeah, we're we're not going down that road. I want to change diapers. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's really funny is that we um, interviewed a, a good friend of mine. He's uh, I knew him since first grade. And so he's 47. And uh-huh. they had gotten to a point that they decided, well, we're, we're not having kids. I, I guess it's not going to happen. And they just had a baby. Oh, <laughs> oh And she's, she's 39 or 40. Okay. Right. And he's 47. Yeah. Right. So they <laughs> and they had an oops. <laughs> They've started over, right? <laughs> like two weeks ago. Right. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you guys aren't, um, you're, it's, it's not a closed issue. 
right? I mean, I guess you made the decision. You guys aren't having kids, but there's still that possibility. Well, I would say physically we're not going to have children, but as far as like the possibility of an adoption, that is still out there. Or even we talk about fostering too, Mm -hmm. but it's one of those things where we would rather have the room to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. It's not something that it's like we would do right now because once again, you throw a child into the mix with what we're doing and how busy we are. We barely have enough time for each other to be able to throw a child into the mix and just wouldn't be fair Mm -hmm. so how do you guys balance that quality time with each other then oh very it's 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 difficult yeah (laughs) um i mean we started the business two years ago and really this is it's his dream that i supported from the beginning because he was unhappy and i didn't want to see him go down that unhappy road because i knew it was just going to get ugly um, and he had always dreamed about this kind of business for himself. Um, and so there was an opportunity and he took it and I knew it was probably going to be challenging because of the time that he would need to be here. We, we don't have any employees. It's just him and me running the business. So I know you guys know how that works. Right. Um, A little bit. So, um, so it's, it's hard because he's, he is gone all day. And sometimes if I have to go into my job, cause I work from home most of the time, um, then that's fine. But if I'm at home, um, you know, I'm taking care of our dogs, the household, I'm doing my work and then I'm doing work for here. Um, it, it's, it's hard because you don't get to see him unless I come here. But that's not exactly quality time because, you know, we have customers and business to run. So it's not like, you know, we can just hang out. It's, it's still a business setting. So we, we do have Mondays. <laughs> Mondays were closed. So we, we'll go and try and do things on Mondays or um, whenever we can fit something in, we will. But it is, it is hard. So what is it about the other person? What do they do that you know they love you? She wakes up next to me in bed every day. It's <laughs> <laughs> all it takes. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he doesn't pass judgment or make obscene expectations on myself or our relationship. Um, so there's never pressure to feel like I'm, I've got to do something or I've got to be a certain way because he knows that I, I'm going to do what I'm going to do, but he'll also make sure to stop me if something doesn't seem right. But other than that, it's, it's about just, you know, I understand why I need to do that. So go ahead. (laughs) Kind of thing. So Joe and Rosalinda, we really want to thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It has been quite a pleasure speaking with you guys again after so long. (laughs) It has been a while. (laughs) You know, human beings have been sharing their stories for thousands of years to grow and to heal and to bond. And we hope that by you guys sharing your story, it's enriched your relationship and the relationship of our listeners. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. For all you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave a review. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. 
For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the Couple's Weekend Intensive, and our premier program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who can benefit from this topic, please share the episode and leave us a review. Until next time, synergize your life, synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. Mm-hmm.